All right, it's time for another episode of Love, Marriage, and Other Shit. We're back. This is Big Hex and my wife. Lisa. Lisa, the beautiful. Thank you. All right, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about raising happy kids. So I saw this article. It says, how to raise happy kids 10 steps backed by science. So when you're going to get pregnant and have kids, you got to read this article? I guess so. (laughs) So we're just going to go ahead and review it to see how it is. You know, I'm not a big fan of following steps on raising kids because every fucking kid is different and it's fucking hard. But, you know, we'll give it a try. Let's Let's see how it goes. So step one. I can't wait to hear this. What is it? Step one is whoop that little motherfucker's ass anytime you have a chance. Oh, done. Check. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, step one is get happy yourself. That one may be true. Because, well, even before they're born, I don't know if it's like a belief thing. But I remember your mom as well as my mom. So my mother-in-law and my mother. Used to tell me, you know, that... Say suegra better. Mother-in-law sounds like... It's the same thing. (laughs) I know, but it sounds better when you say suegra. So my suegra... There you go. And my mom used to tell me when I was pregnant that they could feel everything. So if I didn't want an angry kid or (laughs) jumping off the walls, I had to watch what I eat and they could feel. So the happier I was, the happier my kid would be. And I guess that goes for after they're born too. (laughs) Definitely. I just feel like if in the household, if everyone's happy, the kid's going to be happy. Say if one parent is miserable and like, say, depressed, I think that catches on. Yes, you're right. Because it goes back to the same thing, right? What your mom and my mom used to tell me, like the kids feel whatever we feel. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's if you're happy it pretty much translates into your kids. You're going to be happy. Yeah, step one sounds a little selfish, like, you know, oh, I have to be happy so my kids be happy, but I agree with this one. So what I was reading, the research established a link between mothers who feel depressed and negative outcomes in their children. Really? Yeah, I I mean, I have to vote for this one. I think this is a good one, and I'm not surprised by that. So, like, you know, whenever those kids are, like, acting out or fucking have, you know, behavioral problems and all that, it's because probably the mom or the dad is feeling depressed or they're just negative themselves. I I strongly feel if the parents are happy, the kids will come out happy. Yeah. I agree with that. So, you know, what are steps to get you happy? What? Going out with friends that are happy themselves. Oh, nice. So So, should I start going out tomorrow? But your friends suck. (laughs) They're not fun like me. Oh, they're not. Ooh, I hope they're hearing this because (laughs) they're going to get you the next time we hang out. Because... On the on that research that I was reading, it said 
Laughter is contagious. It is. And you burn calories. I want to be laughing the whole time. I laugh all day. Yeah, well, can't tell when you weigh that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucked up. Just kidding. I'm flipping you off right now. Are you? In my mind. All right, so we both agree with that one. All right, so step two is teach them to build relationships. What does that mean? Like help your kids get friends or become friends with other kids or like, I, I, I really don't understand this one. Teach them to build relationships. Like help my kid fucking get some girlfriends? That's not, no, I think it's more like maybe being nice. Yeah, I mean, it starts since they're little. Like, what you teach your kids starts since they're little. So maybe just how to accept everyone or just be nice. You know, it starts with, like, school. Well, from what it said on here is to teach them to show empathy towards other people. That's how you build relationships? I don't know. I don't know about this one. How can you fucking help your kid build a relationship? I don't know. You got anything else on the step two? No, not really. I guess it would just depend on their age. I mean, it starts since they're little, but like the main thing is, you know, you teach your kids to be respectful, accept everyone, just be kind, of course, unless they're getting bullied and stuff. But I think those would be the basics, right? Like of just. But I still don't see how that is building a relationship. Like a relationship to me is just boyfriend, girlfriend or a friendship. Yeah, it's just a friendship, any type of relationship. Oh, I know, but so you're teaching your kids how to be friends with other kids? Don't they see that like right on a regular basis if you hang around with your friends? Uh, well, maybe that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about this uh, step two. So maybe we haven't done it. <laughs> Maybe we failed on a happy kid. <laughs> Probably. That's why our fucking kids are always fucking running into the wall. Because they're so miserable in this house. I doubt that. <laughs> All right. So we're down to step three, which is expect effort, not perfection. I agree with that one. Yeah. Yep. No one's perfect. I think that goes around with everything, like as a person, sports, like anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. So from what I read on here, it says parents who overemphasize achievements are more likely to have kids with high levels of depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. I believe it. That's crazy. Can you imagine? Because they're probably always so scared and worried, like they, they can't live to their parents' perfection or something. Yeah, because their kids are always like, dude, my dad was perfect. My mom is perfect. They expect me to be perfect. And I'm not. (laughs) And we've always told our kids, like we teach them, there's no such thing as perfection. Everyone's just different. Everyone's different. It's okay. Like, yeah, you know, like how, like you said earlier, soccer, like, you know, our kids play soccer and, you know, sometimes they have bad games, but all I want them to always give is that 100% effort, just leave everything on the field. I don't expect anybody to have a perfect game or just to be perfect, to be a perfect kid. Just try to be perfect. 
Okay. <laughs> so yeah, step three, I agree with this one. I'm with this one too. I like that one. All right, so we're to step four. Teach optimism. Did I say that right? I Sure. I suck with the Just words. Yeah. Optimism. Teach optimism. Sounds like a cool word, optimism. Sounds like the one some, uh, from, what's that movie with the? Transformers? Transformers, there you go. Sounds kind of like that. Wow. Can you believe that? I never remember movies. I know, movies. you quoted me a movie. <laughs> awesome. High five. Never happens. It's the effort. <laughs> but I expect perfection. <laughs> well, there's a door right behind you. <laughs> to the closet? I ain't fucking about to clean. <laughs> All right. So with step four, I'm going to, I think I'm going to agree with this one. You got to teach your kids to see the good in everything. At least try or just open-minded or the pos- like being more positive. Yeah. Because then when you look at everything negative, I just feel like you just get that negative vibe and you just get negative things towards you. Yep. And then you turn into a goth. You're all dressed in black and everything because everything is negative. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like that one too. That one's a good one because... You need a little bit of that guidance from us to show them, like, what's the difference of the two? Or the famous saying, like, how do you see the glass? Half full or half empty? How do you see it? I see it half empty. Only if it's beer. If it's not beer, (laughs) it's half full. (laughs) No, I see everything half empty. So then you're not an optimist. But I am. You're a pessimist. I'm a realistic person. You're a pessimist. (laughs) And an optimist. No. How I see things when shit hits, I expect the worst so that when I'm prepared for it, if it does happen, and if it turns out to be the best, then I'm happy. Other people expect the best. When they get the worst, they fucking lose it. That's why the other saying says, plan for the worst, hope for the best. It's true. I get ready for the worst, but I expect the best. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know where I come up with all these things. I just remember these little quotes or things. They're fucking crazy. I know. I don't know. It's just in my brain. All right. So I did read somewhere where it said um, about a study of 10-year-olds who were taught how to think and interpret the world optimistically Mm -hmm. are half as prone to depression when they hit puberty than those that see the world well, what was that other word? When you pessimist? see pessimist, yeah, that pest, pessimist, pessimist, pessimist. <laughs> so, are we talking about the steps, or are we here to teach you how to say words? Both. <laughs> okay. So yeah, people that are more optimist are more successful at school, work, and athletics, and are healthier and live longer. That's a, there's a lot of stuff and are more satisfied with life than those that are that deal with depression and anxiety. Would this go along with like how people like appreciate what they have? Like, N- not really. No? I don't see it that way. Well, 
yeah, you could because if you're optimistic and you like, you know, you're growing up and, you know, you don't really have anything. You just those kids are very optimistic. They and they enjoy the life that they have. They don't know they're poor until they see the outside world like, damn, I was poor. But at that time, they feel it. They were happy with what they live. So they're, I'm going to say that, yeah, they're optimistic. Some poor kids. <laughs> the other ones, they're just fucking out there to talk shit. All right. Enough about being optimistic. Optimistic. <laughs> it's like that other word that I like to say. Chimichurri. You like to say that word? <laughs> Chimichurri. Like I said earlier, I could have fun by myself. Okay. <laughs> Step five. Teach emotional intelligence. So what does that mean? I don't know. Tell me. I have no idea. Like emotional intelligence, like teach them how to sh be emotional. How about if I don't want to cry, baby? Because me, when I hear emotional, is be like a kid always fucking crying. Maybe it's like helping kids how to cope with their feelings or like understand, yeah, like what they're feeling or why. Like, you know, how some kids throw tantrums, they're so mad. Okay, but why are you mad? <laughs> or I, you know, like. You tell them, like, I understand you're mad for that, but you can't have it for your bad behavior. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, okay, okay. So teach like, them how to adapt to their feelings. I guess, or understand. Okay. So on this article, there's an example. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it, how the example shows, and see if we understand what the hell emotional intelligence means. Well, think we got it right about understanding our feelings I mean, that's what i think right like yeah how do you know i think i think that's it so let me go ahead and read it thank you feeling a little smart because at first i was not <laughs> all right so little molly says i am so so mad at you me i will smack you upside your head if my daughter fucking said that to me no you wouldn't that's a lie my girl would not say I am so, so mad at you. Okay. <laughs> That's true, but. Or my boy would not say that to me. So, no, you know what? I'm not even going to read this example. It's bullshit. <laughs> Dude, come on. I want to know who's, who lets their kid fucking say that to them. I'm so, so mad at you. That's a smack to the head. Abuse. That's abuse. That's not abuse. That's parenting. The Mexican way. Got it. I thought that was the chancla. Yeah, you smack him upside the head. And then you hit him with the chancla while they're running away. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I had neither of those. All right, so let me just go ahead and finish this bullshit then. You are mad at me. Very mad at me. Tell me about that. Are you also feeling disappointed because I won't let you have a play date right now? Really? I think that's bullshit. Yes, I want to have a play date right now. 
I would not let my little girl, my little, or my boy fucking say that to me. Like, they're demanding shit. I think this is wrong. I'm not agreeing with step five. It's an example. doesn't mean step five is bad. <laughs> okay. So it's pretty much helping them relate to their feelings. I think this example fucking was bullshit. And I'm not. But good I probably had it kind five. of on point. Like, it's just really like helping the kids. Sometimes they don't know how to understand their feelings or why they're feeling the way they do. I guess maybe connecting to emotions, which our kid has no problem doing. True. But <laughs> I'm just thinking about when I was fucking growing up. I would never have told my mom, I want to do something now. Or I'm feeling mad at you. Like, dude, I would have gotten hit. kind of shit is this who wrote this article <laughs> not me i want to have a conversation with their kids <laughs> <laughs> all right so all right f step five to me help them get emotional intelligence fucking what that bullshit all right whatever step six form happiness habits kind of shit is this i don't understand form happiness habits i don't know form happiness habits so have your kids form happy habits what's a fucking is a happy habit i don't know like what does that noise mean <laughs> i don't know what that means hand gesture okay if you know you know Okay, so we're just going to skip step six because I don't understand shit what it says. Form, happiness, habits. Agree? Agree. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, think, I'm like on thinking mode. Like, what does... I don't... All right. F that. Step seven. Teach self-discipline. You don't know that either. I mean, this is... This goes with anything. School, sports, um... You know, like where they got to do stuff to earn their stuff or, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Not really. I don't know what step seven means. Teach self-discipline. It's just. It's like when you kids like like ours, you know, they have school, they have sports, like they have to be self-disciplined to know their priorities and know like. You know, how to prioritize uh, and get stuff done like so like where i would not having to tell them like say like if there's a cool party to go to you're so disciplined it says like you know you have a big soccer tournament coming up the next morning so that self this ah, okay 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 gotcha gotcha so like say like if i'm on a diet and i see a fucking pinguino in the freezer you know, you can't have it, so you can't cheat, and you're being self-disciplined. Yes. Sometimes I am self-disciplined. Sometimes I'm a fucking wreck. <laughs> Mostly a wreck than self-disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, pinguinos in the freezer? Wow. So good. Yeah, they are. So self-discipline. Okay, so I was looking it up to see what I could find on self-discipline. And I kept on getting the marshmallow test the heck is the marshmallow test 
You don't know about the marshmallow test? No, am I the only one who doesn't know? Yeah. Oh, God. All I right. should just get off the podcast right now. <laughs> so the marshmallow test was um, they had kids, mm-hmm. you know, waiting in the waiting room. Well, they were the test. So the uh, guy would come in and put a marshmallow right in the middle of the desk and says, here's a marshmallow. But if you wait 15 minutes, let me go get you another one and you can have two. Some kids waited for the second marshmallow. And some said, I'll just eat it now. And, then and some of them, all of them waited for a little bit. There was a few that did wait all 15 minutes to go ahead and get that second marshmallow. Some of them only waited like a minute or two once they knew that the guy had left. And then they went, and went ahead and just took that marshmallow. Temptation. Yep. Self-discipline. I mean, that's how I see it. It's like... Um, it's like our daughter, you know, she loves donuts, ice cream. Like those are her weakness. She would talk shit to you right now saying that she likes donuts. <laughs> she's, why do you guys always say that? But she loves ice cream. She does. But because of her soccer and her sports and she was trying to, you know, get her speed up and or whatnot, like she self-disciplined herself to say, okay, I'm not going to eat any junk food or snacks. The whole week until I can have a little bit on Sundays, like one day a week. Like to me, it's self-discipline. I agree. And we just, you know, like little things like that. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of examples, but like those are the things that come to my mind. Yeah, I would suck at self-discipline. Like if they did that marshmallow test, but instead of the marshmallow test, they put a cerveza test, I would fucking fail. Okay. I don't think I would wait for that second beer. Yeah. 15 minutes. I don't think it's worth it. I would just chug that one and just wait for him to come in. And then I'll just leave and go get myself a 12 pack. <laughs> so he opens the door you, so I can leave. You totally sucked with that analogy. Just your turn to get off. Turn off your mic. <laughs> but so this is about raising kids, raising happy kids. How is that? Teaching them to be happy. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's like the reward or knowing like, okay, it's not going to go nowhere. Like I get self-discipline. I think that's good on a kid. But uh, how the f- how the F is that supposed to make a kid happy? I don't know. I, I don't know. But okay, whatever. So That's a good question. Yeah, right. This is... Is how to keep, how to, no, how to raise happy kids. And how the hell is teaching self-discipline a happy fucking kid? If he wants a fucking marshmallow, give him the motherfucking marshmallow. So if your daughter wants ice cream 24-7, you're just going to give her the ice cream 24-7? No, she has priorities. Okay, exactly. But she's not happy when she doesn't have that (laughs) ice cream. See what I'm talking about? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, step eight. More playtime. I agree. More playtime. Let kids fucking play. Let kids be kids. Yeah, and that means like outdoors. Definitely. Right now it's all about technology and phones and iPads and game systems. And it's like kids do not leave the indoors. (laughs) Like 
Yeah, they need more playtime. Well, I mean, I guess we're talking about the age too, right? Like when we grew up, it was all about being outside. And you played yep. tag, freeze tag, hide and seek, you know, just stuff outside. Bike ride, skateboard, like. To me, playing inside is fucking boring. It's really boring. Like when I was growing up, I would be outside all the time. And then when my friends weren't outside, then I would go inside and play the game system. But I would be outside. These kids now are totally backwards. Uh, well, not totally backwards because they don't even step outside. So <laughs> I'm like backwards. I'm like, what? When they get tired of the game? Because I, I, I don't think they do. Kids can play for hours. And once they do get tired of a game, they'll just go ahead and see YouTube and TikTok and see all that stupid, crazy shit that everybody's doing. Yeah. I think the phone and all these game systems fucking up all that time that kids used to fucking play outside yeah i mean we used to go outside and we just make up something like to play <laughs> so what i got from this one it says in the past two decades children have lost eight hours of playtime per week from the past two decades of just free play so i read is this unstructured play pretty much what we used to play when we were outside just we would just be outside and just no play rules. whatever the f-, f we wanted yeah that helps with kids can you believe that that's why we're probably fucking badass thank you i didn't say <laughs> you i said we <laughs> okay we <laughs> we we yes yeah because from what i was reading it says that we learn to share some not like you Negotiate, resolve conflicts, regulate emotions, and speak up for ourselves. Not only that, but that's part of probably building relationships. Just like make friends like that. You guys find interest in things. Because nowadays, kids don't go out and play. They have to fucking have play dates. Like, what the fucking, what the hell's a play date? I didn't, I didn't know what that was until somebody brought it up when my daughter was little or, you know, they wanted to hang out. I'm like, okay, does that mean we go over to your house? <laughs> I was like, dude, what kind of shit is that? I mean, now everybody uses in your custom to it. But before I was like, wait, I'm, not, I'm still not accustomed. I'm still old school. I'd be like, you want to play that? Dude. Go find someone in your own neighborhood. I remember when friends used to come and be like, can you come outside and play? From yeah. four blocks away. <laughs> okay. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that'd that be awesome to see kids like that playing outside. Actually, not too long ago, when we were walking our dogs and we actually saw kids on bikes and stuff, we're like, oh, dang, look, there's a bunch of kids outside. Like, we hadn't seen that in forever. It's because they were locked out of their house. Oh, that's the reason. Before we go on to nine, like, I think it just would be relaxing, too. Like stress-free, like you're not thinking about stuff, you're not being forced to do things, you're not at practice for sports, like just freely, creative, have fun. As a kid, yes. But now think about it as a parent. Well, we are parents. A lot of parents don't let their fucking kids outside. Unsupervised. Yeah, I know. Because the world is fucking crazy now. I know. That is true. But I still like this one. 
Yeah. I think I totally agree with this one. I okay. think we should get rid of all the crazies and let kids play outside again. Okay. Let me know when you clean up that environment. <laughs> all right. All right. So on to step nine. Rig their environment for happiness. So researchers found a strong link between happiness and not watching that much TV. They said the more happier people are, the less TV they watch than the unhappy ones. Really? So what about movie lovers, like those people that just like can sit and binge watch? Or... I guess it's something similar to like laughing. When you're around friends, you're laughing. When you're watching a movie, you're not really laughing. Unless it's a comedy one, but but when you're out, you know, say when you're out with your with your girlfriends and just joking, you guys fucking laugh like crazy. Well, I mean, I guess it goes it goes hand in hand with some of the other ones, like where you rig their environment, like less TV, then maybe you're doing more things you like. Like going outside. Yeah. Like playing or their sports, like maybe that's just I don't know. But Just then that's the only thing it. I got, though. Rigging the environment for happiness. What, like, drawing happy faces in their room? So, I don't know. Well, <laughs> like, think about it. Like, our kids, well, now they're older, so they, they do watch a little more TV or they're doing it as they're doing stuff in the room. But, how, but before, like, our kids barely had any time for TV. Like, they would go the whole week, three to four days. Their TVs never got turned on. And... When I think about their environment, it's like we used to always have uh, game nights. You know, like that little free time or that one night. It that was, was fun. It was family night. We took turns on choosing a game, whether we liked it or not. It's whatever each one of us wanted. And we would just have game nights, no TVs on, no one's on social media, no one's on their phones. And we would just play until we would get tired and we didn't want to play no more. I miss those days. Those were fun. So I like that's what I think about. And, um, okay, you know, like, I guess when you say rig their environment, I guess it's maybe things like that where like it's entertainment of, like you said, laughter, fun and family bonding. Yeah. Like that family time. All right. I, I get this one then. Cause at first I was like, dude, come on. But I get it. Step nine is a go for me. Yeah. And then, like you said, family temp. Which brings us to the last step. Step number 10, which is eat dinner together. Yeah, that's super, super important. And that's key in our home. I thought key was being funny in our home. Okay, well, key number two. <laughs> like we eat together all the time as much as we can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like well, I mean, during the week, it's a little different because our all schedules are different with school and work. But if that isn't the case, we eat together. We, you know, we start, we do breakfast, we cook together, we eat together, dinner, um, and we all wait for each other. Like we all eat at the same time. And that has been since day one. And then our rules help, right? Like we yeah. implement rules where they're not allowed to have phones at the table. So it's like we get to enjoy ourselves. We talk like we just kind of focus on this and enjoy our dinners. And that has always been 
And I think they pick up on it because I remember there was a few times where I told my son, why, why didn't you eat if there's food right there? And then he'd be like, I know, but I'm waiting for everybody so I, we can eat. Like, I'm like, oops, I felt so bad. <laughs> oh, <no>. Fucking <laughs> I'm meanie. All, I'm all getting on to it. But it just goes to show you, like, like I it's super important. Like I, that's one of the things I most enjoy. Like, and I have heard that a lot that, uh, families that eat together, stay together. Yeah. And you know, we also have not like our game night. We have our family dinner nights where, you know, we, people would probably think we're crazy. We had a whole spreadsheet going, we had a dice, we had an order and we'd roll the dice. And who's ever turned that week to pick where we went to eat at a restaurant or wherever, with that letter, try something new. Um, and they look forward to that. And then our even our kids, I think our daughter once told us like, oh, I, I can't wait for um, family dinner or I can't wait to eat because she's like, because we talk. You know, it's our time because, again, we don't allow the phones to be out when we go have dinner. And I know people hearing this might think we're crazy, but it's not. It's like. Like that family, remember? Uh, everybody was just on their phone and we were oh, looking yeah. at them for like at least 20 minutes nobody gave eye contact and we were nobody just there talked laughing. to each other <laughs> i know like what's the point then just go home and be in your own rooms yeah um and i remember our kids have always told us like how much they love going out to dinner because um then we have conversations like we talk and it's like think people have lost that you know yeah all they do is fucking text now <laughs> i know but yeah i mean now the kids are older right like our oldest they can't really tell him what to do but sometimes i just give him my daughter calls it the mom look and then he'd be like okay he'll put his phone away but or a smack to the back of the head <laughs> that but yeah th this is one thing i enjoy i love you know we've implemented a lot of like we've had family game nights we have family dinner night and then we'd have movie night which we never had time for tv because they're so busy with everything else and then it goes with the self-discipline like our one movie night we would take turns we would choose a movie and then we would make that our snack day remember Yep. For years, like we would put out a table. All the donuts, all the yeah. popcorn. <laughs> we would put we out gained, a table. We used to gain like six pounds in that fucking night. No, we would put out a table <laughs> and we would, um, everybody would choose whatever snacks they wanted. It was the one day that we could eat whatever we wanted. And mine was always the pinguinos. <laughs> and they probably were, or chips or something like that. But, you know, it's, it's funny. Like now we laugh, but it meant so much to them and they look forward to it. Like they were ready. They would bring out the table. They would prepare the snacks and they would tell us, Hey, it's almost movie night. And then we'd be ready. We wouldn't have our phones again. No phones. We'd see the movie, eat our snacks. And then we were good. And that was our Sunday relax day when we used to have that ability. <laughs> we, I mean, we got to try to make an effort, but like our kids grow up with that. And I think those are traditions that hopefully when they have kids, like they'll do and hopefully. Yeah. And even till this day, like our kids are older, they're teenagers, once an adult, and they still like want to have game nights. Like if we don't have no plans on a Friday night, they'll be like, Hey, let's play a game, you know? So, I mean, I think it's like you said, the family bonding, the time, the no phones, actual conversations, are happening i love well that one. depends because you know let, let's just say like the parents are fucking boring what kind of type of fucking conversation are you gonna have with those type of parents but it's not even that like they like it because we crazy well maybe i'm crazy 
No, you're the crazy one. No, but it doesn't have to be crazy. It could be simple. Just the fact of knowing, hey, like, how's your day? Like, what's going on in your life? Like, nowadays, people don't even know. Like, there's a lot of people have no idea what the heck they teach at their kid's school. What do they talk about? What kinds of friends they hey, have? Hey, hey, hey. Why are you talking shit? Just saying, you know. That's me. Okay. Well, sorry. No, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't have to be, like, well, fun or boring parents. It's just the act of listening or showing some interest or just talking about things you normally don't have time to talk about. And we're so busy all week and these little moments count. I think this one is probably the, one of the most important ones on how to raise your happy kids. Aside from being happy and playing outside, I think this one goes a long way just because there has been a lot of research done on, you know, families that eat together. They have a closer bond. They're more family oriented. Kids that eat with the family on a regular basis are more emotionally stable and less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're less likely to abuse. I did not say that they won't use it. Just, you know, just for the people out there, it said to abuse. So they get better grades and feel less depressed, especially in teen girls. Interesting. And most importantly, less likely to become obese or get in an eating disorder. Because you know how some girls get an eating disorder and they should be like, put their finger in the throat and just be throwing up and... Yeah. Some, some people just can't live without doing that. Yeah, crazy. that's crazy. Yeah. All of that just because of eating dinner with your family. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, I I have to agree. This is a good one. All right. So that's the end of our episode on how to raise happy kids backed by science. Yeah. Some of them I was fucking lost. I had no idea what the hell they were talking about. Some of them I do fucking agree. Yeah. I think we had to come up with our own. Yeah. Like smack a kid upside their head. Step one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully you guys like this episode. We will be back with another episode next week, which will be a good one. It's going to be a really, really good one. Really good? Really good. Okay. Like the next episode, when you when it comes out, you need to have your significant other and both of you listen to it. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to listen to it myself already. <laughs> like, oh, darn, I had to talk. <laughs> All right. So I'll see you guys next week. We out. Peace.